Hey there, faculty and students. We've had a previous podcast on the Longitudinal Benchmark Consultants way back in February. It was one of the first podcasts, actually. But much has evolved since that time around our Longitudinal Benchmark topic areas. So this podcast is intended as an update um, for those topics and for the work of the consultant groups established for those topics. So we'll focus on process because that's what we've recently asked them to standardize amongst themselves. But let's back up first. What exactly is a benchmark topic area? What are we talking about here? These are the content areas that were not sufficiently covered in our current curriculum, but we feel they're really important to UMass's mission and values. And so they're going to be deliberately integrated into or enhanced where they do exist in some cases um, in the CR22. So these topic areas include our new pillar, health system science. Health system science was certainly not absent from our most current link materials, but definitely needs to be enhanced and strengthened. Understanding that delivery of healthcare to patients and populations is just as important as understanding pathophysiology or physical diagnosis, for example, if our goal is truly effective practice of medicine. HEDI, or Health Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, is the second area. And as a society, we've grown increasingly aware of the impact of bias, both conscious and unconscious, and structural racism on medicine and healthcare generally. Now, population and community health encompasses social determinants of health. And these are actually the, a core domain of health system science, but we've pulled it out here as its own benchmark topic area because how, of how important we feel it is. And then the last benchmark topic area is wellness. Um, here we're referring to student and faculty wellness, but from a career and system standpoint, we're talking about wellness of our patients, wellness of our practicing physicians, and the wellness of our communities. The leaders of these content areas met this week with a few of the CRLT leaders, including Mitch, Ashton, and Melissa. And the leaders are as follows. Mitch is the assistant dean for health system science, so he is that benchmark uh, topic area's leader. Health equity, diversity, and inclusion is led by Dr. Yasmin Carter. Population and community health is led by Dr. Susan Hogan. And wellness is led by Dr. David Hayden. Mitch shared with this group some of his processes, and his processes have certainly evolved over time. And as a group, we asked them to identify some best practices for this work, which I'm going to try to describe for you here. Certainly, these teams are all at different points along this spectrum of development, um, with HSS probably being the furthest along since they've been at it the longest. These are the best practices around process for the work that came out of that meeting. The first was identifying your benchmark team. Many um, of these consultants have started to pull together groups of people with expertise in this content area. Some are training their teams to understand the content area in more depth. The second step is creating a brief or clear definition of the benchmark or content area, and then furthering our understanding with curricular examples. If you can remember back to, I don't know, two years ago, most of us were unfamiliar with the term health system science. So understanding what the named content area is all about is one of these first steps, and a brief definition and then examples are key in this step. The third step is establishing bi-directional build team communication plans. More to come on that in a moment. 
The fourth step is monitoring the status of the longitudinal benchmark topic integration and then reporting it back to the CRLT. The longitudinal benchmark topic consultants will be meeting regularly in much the same way that the build team spokespeople meet monthly. And then finally, this is the last thing on the list of uh, getting started anyway, identifying core domains of the benchmark area. Both Hetty and HSS have already done this, and those core domain documents have been circulated amongst the curriculum builders and build teams. So circling back to that third step that we talked about, which was establishing bi-directional build team communications or a plan for communication, there are a few ways to go about this. Health System Science has asked for a champion from each build team, and they solicited this by um, asking for volunteers. These champions are already build team members, but they will also interact with Mitch on his Health System Science build team. The Hetty consultant group has selected a slightly different approach. They gathered a team full of content experts um, with expertise in health equity, diversity, and inclusion, and then assigned members of their Hetty team to act as liaisons to the specific build teams. These assigned Hetty liaisons have reached out and shared their core domains document and identified themselves as the Hetty consultant um, assigned to each build team. When we think more about the fourth step, which was monitoring the status of the longitudinal topic integration, this certainly requires communication, but there's also some tools that could be leveraged here. For example, uh, Health System Science and Dr. Gitkin have done this with a survey tool sent to build team leaders um, and to the Health System Science liaisons. So we talked about identifying core domains of the benchmark area as sort of the final step in this getting started process. Identifying um, and sequencing those core domains may be of value as well. There's certainly phases in medical education and we have phase specific build teams, including our foundational teams, our clerkship phase build team, and our advanced studies phase build team. It is very helpful for these teams to understand what the early concepts are that should be targeted by our foundational or block build teams, what the core topics are, which should be targeted by the clerkship curriculum builders, and what might be a more advanced topic, which will be targeted by our advanced studies build team group as they build their content. The group also talked through some ideas to make communication with the curriculum builders more efficient and more effective. Now we're talking about communication specifically from the benchmark consultant to the build teams. Early on, the focus should be about teaching and helping people to understand definitions. Ideally, this phase has mostly passed for our longitudinal content areas. Phase two would really be around um, uh, specific curricular examples. So uh, aligning these examples with core domains, what would an activity that targeted a particular domain look like in the preclinical or foundational sessions? What might it look like in a clinical learning environment? What is the recommended or best pedagogy for a particular topic? What might be amenable to an ILM, for example, versus a lecture or what really needs to be discussed in a small group? If specific assignments or activities uh, come to mind, this should be included in the communication to the build teams. From here, the core domains may be outlined and communicated. The next phase really occurs when communication starts to flow in the other direction, back to the longitudinal consultants from the build teams. This is where the longitudinal benchmark consultants will hear about the build team's own general ideas for incorporation, 
We heard a lot of this in the EPC presentations from each of the blocks, particularly around heady and health system science. These were general ideas, but may not have had the specificity of event or activity level curriculum. So then this could be followed by soliciting specific materials or examples of materials to provide feedback to the teams. At this point, the communication really becomes an exchange, a back and forth that's centered on details of the incorporation. An example I witnessed at this stage this week was between a pharmacology curricular leader and the population and community health leader, where they were specifically discussing how to create board-style questions and clinical trials uh, modules, independent learning modules that reflected social determinants of health um, around the topics of trial eligibility and inclusion. These detail level conversations are incredibly helpful for the build teams. And the fact that this longitudinal consultant was able to be there for the educator who was building the ILM built trust in the process. Finally, we wanna make sure that the students know what they are learning. Thinking about how we identify these topics in the curriculum will be really important. Would it be maybe with an icon or verbal signaling? With brand new topics, learners might not know how to label the new content. And so it needs to be explicitly named during all the educational activities where it is occurring so that they can identify it and realize that they are learning this new content area. One of the things we talked about at the meeting this week was creating a toolkit. And what is a toolkit? Well, it's really a durable set of materials to assist the curriculum builders in incorporating that longitudinal benchmark topic areas content. This might include a PowerPoint, which covers some of the above steps. The core domain list is part of this toolkit. Um, curriculum examples, uh, even if they occurred in the link curriculum, but definitely examples that could ex exist in the new curriculum. Examples from other medical schools would be incredibly helpful of inclusion of specific content areas. An oversight structure has also evolved to ensure that we continue to revise, audit, and grow these longitudinal topics of population and community health, health system science, health equity, diversity, inclusion, and wellness once CR22 goes forward. These areas will be included or in some of them have already been included in the Longitudinal Threads Curriculum Committee run by Jill Zeitzwicks and Carrie Gosselin. The longitudinal content areas are mission critical to the new curriculum, and I'm hopeful that this podcast can help all parties to understand the work and expectations on both sides of the equation. Have a wonderful week, and thank you for listening.